He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole. It is the Tuesday after Memorial Day after Southern Hills, and Greyhawk is in full swing. We've got so much coming up for you on today's show. Reminder, we are partnered with Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. They'll have everything you need to know about what's happening at Greyhawk. And, boys, we are... We are one, one afternoon session away from a Bedlam National Championship match. Both schools handle their business this morning. Oklahoma State takes care of Pepperdine. Uh, pardon me, not Pepperdine. They play Pepperdine this afternoon. Oklahoma State takes care of Vandy, 4-1. Oklahoma takes care of uh, whoever their morning opponent was. I'm getting carried away here. Uh, OU wins 3-2 over Illinois this morning. And Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are both onto the semifinals. The Sooners will face Arizona State. Oklahoma State will face Pepperdine. And we're, we're this close, guys. We're this close to a Bedlam National Championship. Is that too much to ask for? Oh, I mean, it was really entertaining stuff this morning. Uh, and, I mean, great clutch play coming down the stretch from Oklahoma State. Uh, there was a real chance at the turn that Vandy could gain some momentum. Uh, but OSU very fortunate uh, with those three putts inside 10 feet that Vandy missed. Two of them were actually really inside eight feet uh, where they could have gained momentum when those matches were tied and one up and – you know, I think three, it, and that was three different matches. It wasn't one guy in one match. Uh, I think one time, uh, Shears missed a, an easy uh, little uh, birdie putt for Vanderbilt. But like, you got to give Oklahoma State credit; they took advantage of it. Looking at the OS or looking at the OU match, Logan McAllister's got to be uh, the story of this morning. I mean, absolute clutch gene, uh, Skip Bayless clutch gene right there for Logan McAllister making that putt after uh, the guy made uh, G made the ten foot bogey putt and forced uh, Logan to make on number seven, and then uh, Logan McAllister steps up on eight T and just throws an absolute dart in there uh, to finish off that match and um Quake Cummins uh if you're watching the golf channel you probably didn't realize that Quake Cummins was even playing this morning because uh, they didn't show him very much but Quake Cummins won two and one Brightwell flipped around his match won three and one uh and then Ben Lorenz and Patrick Welch uh got smoked uh this morning so it'll be a uphill battle for OU if they keep having to play with four guys yeah, yeah, I think that's that's one of the storylines to look at as well. I mean, it seems like OU's kind of flipping between two players. Unfortunately, one of them is uh, Garrett Reban, who secured his spot in the top five of PGA Tour. You will be playing on the Corn Ferry Tour um, next week or in two weeks, whenever whenever that starts. And so, for him to be playing as bad as he is, and then for um, them to put in Patrick Wilch, who ends up go, he didn't just lose guys; lost eight and six. And I mean, whenever that he happened, was seven over through those holes. And and, and yeah, it, exactly. It's not like he was. He wasn't playing against someone who was seven under. He wasn't. He didn't get out there and get. Um, he didn't lose. I, what I'm trying to say is the guy didn't go out there and beat him. He lost. You know, it's he hard, didn't play very well. But T Dub, what are your thoughts on? It's hard to say that 
Hibble made the wrong decision because Reband had the driver yips the whole week, shot like 10 over yesterday, shot like got he, he was 26 over. He finished dead last of the so you know 15 teams make the cut. Of the 15 teams, Garrett Reband was dead last of the individuals of those 15 teams. So so Ryan Hibble is in a very difficult position where he's got Patrick Welch who got smoked eight and six this morning, and he's got Garrett Reband who was plus twenty-six in four rounds of stroke mm-hmm. play. I don't know what you do, but OU needs a fifth bag because that puts a lot of pressure on the other guys you, if they just can't find a fifth guy with any confidence right now. Exactly. You got one guy, Patrick Welch, with the putter yips, and you got one guy with the driver yips. I mean, they they need some a what, miracle. What would you do if you were Hibble this afternoon against Arizona State? Patrick Welch or Garrett Reband? Uh, you know, Sam, you brought up a good point, and I want to ask this question. I mean – you're allowed more than one substitute, aren't you, for a term, or are you only allowed one? I don't one? know. I believe that you're only allowed one. I think you can I, I think, only take six guys. Yeah, I think there's only six available, if I remember now, that right. Because because I'm assuming it's the same that it would be like at regionals, uh, and Sam Houston State lost two guys to COVID and had to play with four. I'm pretty sure you can only take six. But they might have only had six guys at the tournament. Is it? It would be a good question to ask if Thomas Johnson is just sitting around there at the national championship – it might be time to you know put him in, but I don't I, think I'm pretty that that's, sure it's just six. I don't think, sure it's just six. I don't think that's legal. And Thomas Johnson, I mean, I know that Reband and Patrick Welch have both played great golf throughout the year, but lately they haven't been. And so I I don't really understand, and especially Patrick Welch is of late. I don't really understand Hivel's thought process of bringing Welch instead of Thomas Johnson uh, on the trip this week. I I would have gone with Thomas Johnson as the sixth man, uh, and I think that you know uh, it's easy to second guess it. But eight and six, I mean, that pretty much sums it up right there. If you were Hivel T Dub, would you go with uh, Reband or Welch this afternoon? Man, it's tough to to want to look because I mean both the sample sizes you got recently are just. Absolutely absolutely terrible um if i had to choose give me the guy who's been the best over the last two years give, give me give me the guy who's going to be on the corn Ferry tour in a couple weeks I, I think that maybe his uh benching this morning could have been a kick in the butt but that has he, needed. he been better over the last two years we saw yes. we saw yes. patrick welch yes. win at the east yes. lake cup unequivocally he's been better over the last two years we have a a system that's designed to tell us who's been better over the last two years he, he's had he's he's not been great lately but here's another reason why i would play garrett reban this afternoon the highs today in scott are about 104 degrees and Welch went out this morning he played he didn't have it you know reband maybe he sleeps on those four bad rounds comes out I'm sure he went and hit some range balls this morning while guys were playing and tried to find it I mean we've all had you're in a slump and then maybe one little thing clicks and if it is the driver yips maybe one little thing clicks and you get it going I would go with a set of fresh legs Mm. and and try to bounce back and forth would you go with Welch I couldn't get I couldn't disagree more I would go with Welch after eight and six yeah because we We've seen four straight terrible rounds from Reband. We yeah. we haven't given uh, Patrick Welch. I keep wanting to call him Vinny. That's his nickname. <laughs> but Patrick Welch, the cross-handed bandit, a, a chance. I mean, he just comes out first round. You're stuck in match play. I mean, give him a chance to at least show what he can do uh, over the course of a couple rounds. Uh, if I'm Hibble, I'm going with Patrick Welch. I'd rather have a guy struggling on the greens and can't keep it on grass in the desert. So that's uh, that's the OU side of things. For Oklahoma State, uh, you know, you said that Oklahoma State got fortunate with Vandy missing a short, some short putts. 
It's, I, they didn't miss any two-footers. I mean, they were, you know, six to eight-foot I'm just saying they could have switched the momentum there around the turn. Yeah, uh, and they, I mean, they, 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 were four, they were four to eight feet, Colby. I mean, they, they were easy putts. Yeah, they but, were but very... I, mean, I mean, okay, first off, an eight-footer is not an easy – an eight-footer is like a 30% putt uh, for these guys. Yeah, but what I'm saying, they could have switched the momentum, Colby, and they got extremely fortunate that they – You got to get the ball in the, the hole. Three, they don't get the ball in the hole. The, I mean, that's part of golf. Dude, three – That's not Oklahoma State Three different lucky. matches that's around the turn. I never said they got lucky. I said they got fortunate around the turn that they had three short missed putts right there, right like within a five-minute stretch that Vanderbilt could have gone one up in three different matches, and instead they they left those matches tied, and then right then Stark made the long putt, Ekro made the birdie and Jen went one up in his match right then right after the the momentum did not shift so, so you're to Vanderbilt. in the middle of the round Oklahoma State outplayed Vanderbilt that's what you're telling me no they got fortunate and then they got they finished strong they finished strong you just sat there and said that Vanderbilt missed short putts and Oklahoma State made medium length I'm putts. giving Oklahoma that's State fortunate? credit I'm giving Oklahoma State credit Four, I don't know. After, Say, saying they got fortunate to me sounds like you're am saying, I saying they got fortunate. Vanderbilt did What are you talking it. about? I'm saying that the momentum could have switched to Vanderbilt right after the turn. I'm just saying and it Vanderbilt didn't. didn't lose it. Oklahoma State won it. They I'm played great on the strong. I never said they didn't. But they if played those, great on the But back if nine. they would have made those putts, the matches would have gone a completely different direction. I mean, if, if four guys wouldn't have hit in the water at the 2019 Masters, maybe Tiger doesn't hoist the trophy. That's golf. you got to get the ball in the hole. I, the only reason why I even picked Vanderbilt yesterday was because I didn't trust Jen after the complete choke yesterday. I didn't trust Stark, and I did not definitely didn't trust Amon Gupta after he's a guy that can shoot 65 or 80. And I guarantee you if those matches switch momentum after the turn when the, they missed three different birdie putts inside 10 feet, that they would not have finished as strong as they did. But but that's why Oklahoma State is a better team than Vanderbilt because when the when the time come to switch the momentum and win the matches, Oklahoma State did it and Vanderbilt didn't. I agree. I, I just said they finished strong. I'm saying they got fortunate that the momentum didn't go their way. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what in all honesty, what in the world are y'all arguing about? Because I don't know. You brought up the 2019 Masters, Colby. Is is Tiger not fortunate that Kepka missed the putts on 17 and 18 to tie him? I mean, yes. I, 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 that's golf. That's so, golf. But are you not are you not fortunate because it happened? I it's mean, just Tiger, a term. Tiger outplayed those guys. So the, what? The, it's the just a terminology. For, the term fortunate to me. Like, I associate the term fortunate with the term lucky. And luck has very little to do with golf. I mean, on an eight-footer, luck luck has nothing to do with whether you make an eight-footer. I'm saying they got fortunate that they didn't make those putts and the momentum didn't switch. Here, here, here. We go to the dictionary. The very first adjective for fortune, is, uh, for fortune is favored by or involved good luck or fortune. But then you go down, and the second one is materially well-off slash possible. Prosperous, so I guess. Oh, we're, I guess did get, so we're just arguing about terminology. Whatever. Basically. No, yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm saying that they got very lucky, and in, in the one certain sense of the word that. Vanderbilt did not take advantage of their opportunities right in the middle of that round. See, when you say they got lucky, that makes it sound to me like you're saying Vanderbilt lost it more than OSU won they it. They did in the middle no, of the match. They absolutely no, did. Absolutely not. Oklahoma State won four to one. The only match they lost was one down. I, I, you can't all the say matches that they got were lucky. one up at one point when when Vanderbilt didn't take That's advantage why of their you opportunities. Play 18 uh, holes. Okay, here I think this will solve the debate, Sam. If Vanderbilt makes those three putts, does Vanderbilt beat OSU? I think that the momentum would have switched enough to where they don't go on that run where Stark made the bomb. Ekro was going to win regardless. But then Jen, who has been proven to be extremely shaky under clutch situations, 
that I don't think that they that Riedel or whatever the guy's name is for Vanderbilt, he if he would have applied pressure to Jin, which he never did during that match, it seemed like Jin just kind of coasted to a one-up victory. It, it was kind of a pillow fight in that in that sense. So I think that's where y'all are differentiating on is is that mental stretch of what's because I mean we all know especially in team golf we know momentum truly is a thing and so it, we just can't quantify it we can't add up numbers and say what momentum adds up to. I think y'all's argument is. Colby's saying OSU played good enough to where those putts that Vanderbilt missed didn't necessarily matter, but I think you're trying to say, Sam, that those putts had a lot more impact than on the outside looking in that we're giving them credit for. I'm just saying, it's, am, it's am, am like, I analyzing the argument correctly? I'm just saying, it's not like it was the 18th hole and Vanderbilt missed a five-footer. These were on like the 10th and 11th holes of the match. There was a lot of golf to be played, and Oklahoma State just continued to stack hole wins on top of each other to the point where at one point it looked like they might go 5-0, and oh and they That's ended up 4-1. Point. You're, you're making my point. They kept stacking hole wins on top of each other because Vanderbilt wasn't taking advantage of the opportunities that they had to switch the momentum and momentum is the biggest part of match play. And what I'm saying is that the Look reason... Look at Brightwell's match. That I, was I'm, all momentum. I'm just saying the reason that Vanderbilt didn't take advantage of those opportunities is because Vanderbilt is not as good as Oklahoma State. I never said they were. I'm, I'm just saying like it, it's to be expected that golf, that, in, that an inferior team will play an inferior match and that's what I think that's what we saw this morning I mean we saw all, all chalk and I mean we can go back and look on it I don't know if the, have we ever had one through uh, four? Second time second time in the match play era that one through four have advanced it's it's exceptionally rare because match play is so random I mean you've got five matches you've got to win three so it's not like you're trying to predict one match you're trying to predict five matches and figure out who goes out two guys uh, have a bad day you're, you're gonna get in some trouble also the, the point I want to make is is that uh, you know, just from from listening to y'all's argument, and like I said, I'm trying to decipher it. I, and I do agree, Colby. I think OSU is better than Vanderbilt is, but Vanderbilt finished seventh in the stroke play. They act like they're a bunch of chumps, and they I, can't play, and they can't play, and they belong on out here at at a high school tournament. I, I want to say one more thing. Like, if you look at the Jen match, Bo Jen's match on number ten, the Vanderbilt guy missed an it. A very makeable putt. Even on the broadcast, they were talking about how straightforward of a putt that was. It, and it, then was, it, was, Jin, still, it was still about six or seven feet, though. And then Bo Jin goes and wins 11 and 12 because they didn't take advantage of the momentum. Otherwise, that was when the match was tied, and then Bo Jin went one up, two up right there. And so if they would have gone, if Vanderbilt would have gone one up, do you think Bo Jin wins 11 and 12 right after that? I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. That's just so speculatory as to whether Bo Jin would win those holes if the Vanderbilt it's kid made that putt. It's not speculatory because I know that is. Vanderbilt would have had the momentum if they made that putt. You're saying it's not speculatory to say that a Vanderbilt kid makes a six-footer on hole 10 that to Bo go, Jin doesn't win uh, holes uh, 11 uh, and 12. And, and I'll say this, too. As much as momentum can go for one team, it can also be a kick in the ass for the other team. So, I mean, just even if Vanderbilt makes these putts, OSU may still use that as their own momentum to keep going. So, just because momentum – I'm just trying to favor both of y'all's arguments here. Just because momentum shifts doesn't necessarily mean that it's absolutely going to go that I way. I also think maybe fundamentally you give more credence to momentum than I do. I, I think momentum plays a, a teeny tiny little factor. I think, you know, you, you're playing a match, guy makes a six-footer to go one down through ten. Okay, we've got eight holes left. Left. I just well, I, I think momentum plays a very small. Why factor. does it not matter in their golf, but it does in yours, Colby? Because you'll make a bogey, then you'll be all mad, then you'll make another bogey, then a bogey, bogey, bogey. That was old me. I really don't do that anymore. Okay, Colby's a change. Colby's I a really change. I don't man. do that anymore. Colby's a change man. So yeah, either he's way, a bounce back stat genius. After I said that OSU got fortunate around the turn, I said they finished strong coming down the stretch. Right after those putts that we're talking about, that we'll leave there. Otherwise, we'll spend all day on it. <laughs> Stark did make a bomb. Bo Jin 
took advantage of that missed opportunity from Vanderbilt and won 11 and 12. And then Ekro finished off his match when his match got a, a little dicey right e- there, Ekro too. Ekro played a good back nine. He really played a good really back good nine. back nine. Chikara, I think, it, him and Ekro, obviously, obviously Ekro's uh, solid and steady. Did, did y'all Chik- hear Chikara after the round? Yes, I did. He, he, he sounds like a guy who loves match play. Yeah. No, he's, he definitely does, and, and he seems rock solid uh, as well. I was impressed by Stark, uh, the freshman. Yeah, I think looking looking into the afternoon, since we're on the OSU side of it, I, I'm just looking at it, guys. I mean, we got uh, Gupta, uh, Gupta going out one, Ekrot um, going out second, Chikara third, Stark fourth, Bo Jin um, coming down the stretch. That, that's a different order. And I think, in all honesty, guys, the Bo Jin, uh, William Mao, uh, who Pepperdine is their fifth yeah. man, who was on the um, – um, Walker Cup team. I think it may come end up coming down to that match, and guys. Ma- I, I'm, I, go ahead. Sam. Ma- I was just going to mention that <laughs> Mao dominated uh, that it, match William, until yeah, until the last few holes where Pack flipped him. Uh, so Mao, you know, he, he really played well today, even though he lost to John Pack one down. How about Mao Pack as a matchup? That was That's unbelievable. Heavy hitters, and, Mao and no, Pack. Yeah, and for, for Mao the- to lose, for Mao to lose his match, and for Pepperdine to still move on shows something. They got a really deep team. Yeah, Pepperdine is really good one through five. As anyone who saw our Twitter account, I hated to do it, but I, I stick. I, I, I call it as I see it, so that way everyone knows I'm not a homer when I pr- uh, picked all state schools to start the start the week. I, I think Pepperdine's going to end up winning this thing. I sure hope I'm wrong, but I think they're they're extremely good. I sh- but I sure do hope OSU ends up winning this afternoon. Yeah, and, and just to be clear about that Mal match, they started on the back nine, uh, and then uh, Mal went up two – up by two at the turn uh, after number one, their 10th hole. Uh, and then he was one up after two. And then on number five, uh, Pack won another hole uh, to tie it up. And then uh, Pack won six and then continued that one-up lead. So that was an absolute battle. So our, uh, our match play predictions that we made, we tweeted them out last night. So I had Arizona State, OSU, FSU, and OU, so I missed Florida State. They got beat by Pepperdine. Taylor, you had North Carolina who lost, but then you also had OU, OSU, and Pepperdine, so you had three as well. Uh, Sam, you had ASU, Vandy, FSU, and OU, so you had two of the four, yeah. but you're also the only one of us that has OU winning it, so if they I, go all the way, you'll get a little bonus there. I'll say the, literally the only reason I didn't pick Arizona State was because of the chalk factor. I said one through four. Yeah. I didn't think there's yeah. any way this would That's happen. Really, the only reason why I went with Vandy. Yeah. Like I, I figured there would be one upset in match play. I did wasn't. the same thing. I did the same thing. I had to pick. Uh, I had to pick one upset. And mine was FSU, and it did not come through. Uh, all right, I'm. Uh, boy, that uh, real, almost real quick. Yeah, real ahead, quick. Uh, uh, North Carolina. We have got to give a shout out to them because they hung in there with Arizona State all all day today, and I, I was really impressed with them when they didn't have the best year. By of the anybody. way, tune on you from Arizona State. All day we watched guys step up with driver on the drivable par 4 17th, and they were hitting driver, 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 and a lot of guys were coming up just short of the green with driver. Tune on you pumps out a 175 mile per hour ball speed three wood <laughs> to like 30 feet and two putts to close out his match. I mean, I didn't know Chun on you was that big of a bomber. That's a big, big three wood fell. I don't care how hot it is. That is a monster three wood. Oh, it's absolutely huge. And yeah, I mean, you'll you'll hear that throughout the week of it it being 105 degrees. And and yes, the ball does travel further when it's hotter. I mean, but let's let's be real. But at the same time, 
the ball doesn't go 35 yards further than it's supposed to. And, I mean, correct me, Scottsdale's not any type of altitude or anything. It, it is a little bit. A little bit. But, but, um, but, but not like Colorado no, or anything no. like that. Yeah. It, it's actually interesting out there because you can go to a course like Desert Mountain where it's 15%. It's only about 5% in Scottsdale uh, that you take off. Scottsdale altitude is about 1,200 feet. Yeah. So about a fifth of what you'd be playing at in Denver. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, but then also, too, you know, that's one of the things that you you look at like TrackMan numbers and they say for every 10 degrees warmer, it's essentially only like a yard further, but that doesn't include how your body being loose, that type of thing. And right. so, and when it gets this hot, your body can actually get tired. So hopefully we'll see that. I think that's something that, that you see a lot of guys is that, uh, you know, the workouts that these, these kids are putting in will, will definitely prove to test because of how much golf they've been playing lately. And just one quick thing. I mean, it, there's no humidity out there either. So right. that when you see that temperature, it's not like, 100 degrees in North Carolina or Oklahoma. Yeah, or like down in Houston or yeah. something, if you get something real hot down there. Uh, you know, sometimes people overdo it a little bit, get out in the heat, get going a little crazy, and they hurt their back. And if that happens, you need to go to the Spine Clinic of Oklahoma. Go see Dr. Beecham and Dr. Brawley. They are both avid golfers. The Spine Clinic of Oklahoma has high-quality individualized patient care, total complete spine care. Dr. Beecham does non-invasive. The Spine Clinic offers the capability to approach all options before surgery. Dr. Beecham specializes in interventional pain management and he is double board certified in anesthesiology and pain management. However, if you are needing back surgery, Dr. Brawley recently received the honor of being listed as one of the top 20 spine surgeons under the age of 40 in all of North America. Head over to thespineclinicok.com located off Broadway Extension on Britain in Oklahoma City. Uh, Fellas, we have got to talk about what took place yesterday on numbers 17 and 18 at Greyhawk. Our man Bo Jen steps to the 17th tee. He is tied for the lead. He pumps a driver out there onto the green. He's probably 50 feet. There's a ridge to maneuver, but then he hits a poor lag putt, lags it up to about 10 feet, burns the edge on the 10-footer, misses in the left rough on 18, uh, just stays up out of the water on his second shot, but then he hits a poor chip to about 10 feet, lifts that one out on the right side as well, mm-hmm. and Bo Jin, who after the, the tee shot on 17, really looked like he might have been in command of the national championship, ends up losing by one to Clemson's Turk Pettit, and that now makes second place finishes for Bo Jin at at the Big 12s, he finished second at regionals, and he finished second at the NCAA's. He's a true freshman. He has a very bright future ahead of him, but you know that that hurt how that round ended yesterday. Number one, give him all the credit in the world for his post-round press or post-round interview. About three minutes after his round finished, he went on with Golf Channel. That was for a 19-year-old. That's so so impressive. He showed so much composure, and uh, especially with them having to play today. Uh, you could tell that he was just uh, hurt, but just stayed composed enough to know that if he, you know... Um, that, that there's still more golf to play. Yeah, that there's still yeah. more golf to play. I was trying to figure out the right way to put it because sometimes you would see a guy break down mentally after something like that and then not be able to play the rest of the week. And today we saw Bo Jin uh, keep his wits about him and go out there and win his match one up, which was super impressive. Now... Yeah. With that being said, and and teed up if you have anything on no on no that. keep no keep yeah, going yeah. keep going. Uh, but with that being said, he's in the absolute driver's seat after he hits the green on seventeen. Heck of a shot up there. To be fair, that green is severely severely sloped 
back right to front left. So he had to play an extreme amount of break, and the second half of that putt is super fast, so I understand why he kind of wanted to leave that putt below the hole a little bit, but he kind of overdid it and left himself about six to seven feet. I I think it was more in the eight to ten foot range. Because it it looked like it started to slow down, and then it just trickled, and it trickled, and it trickled. So it's like, oh, that's makeable. Oh, that's getting less makeable. That's getting less makeable. And then he walks away with par after driving the green, and it just... And then 18 is the toughest hole on the course. In the last three national championships, the 18th at Greyhawk is playing as one of the three toughest holes. That includes the Blessings and Karsten. Well, and it's because it's a par five in real life. And they changed it to a par four this week. uh, And there's still playing it. I think this morning it was playing 528 as a par 4. Yeah, which doesn't it doesn't matter whether right. you call it a par 4 or a par 5. It's either an easy par 5 or a hard par 4. Uh, so it, they're playing it from the same place. But uh, where, you know, he had the 3 putt, but he's still okay. You know, all you got to do is make par on that hole, which isn't impossible. He pulls it left, gets very fortunate that that ball bounces right and doesn't go in the bunker. Did it hit the tree or did it land in the rough? Because I couldn't tell from the camera. I think it nipped the tree. Well, what it looked like. Well, I don't think that that's what made it go bounce right. It's a little more uh, of an side hill lie left to right from the tee box and the Arizona State kid had just hit his ball about 10 yards left talk about fortunate oh my goodness yeah because his ball was actually going to be lost and then it hit a golf cart his ball was going to go straight into that bush it wouldn't have been lost but he wouldn't have been able to hit it Bojan's Bojan's never actually got left of the cart path but then he did kick down to the right but then the ball settled down so it's just one of those things it could have ended up in a lot worse spot than it did I think is the main point we're trying to make and then my my next point is he was about 30 yards off from where he aimed that second shot uh, from where you would should be trying to aim that second shot if you have to make a par. And he got extremely lucky and fortunate that that ball did not go in the water and it left him one of the easier pitch shots on the whole course. And he it, flubbed it. He it, flubbed it. Is, that a, it. is that a ball don't lie type moment? Where you hit a, such a horrible shot, you don't deserve a par? Like so, so, at, no, at no point did he deserve a par on so, that hole. So if anybody didn't see it, for point of reference, 18 green, there's water all up the right, but they've got the grass mown up for about a yard before you go in, so it's shaved, and then there's tall grass where the hazard's at. He, he actually just barely crossed the red line, and then the thicker grass held the ball up. And I almost, almost kind of want to talk about golf course setup. Do you all like having thick rough a yard from the water that keeps balls up? Because if that thick rough's not there, the ball goes in, but the thick rough stops it, and and now he's underneath the hole. I don't know. Do y'all like that? I think it depends on the hole. Now, on that hole, because that. I think that because they're hitting such long clubs in, I yeah. mean, what was that? A seven iron from 208, 208 out of the rough, probably. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, with that long of club coming into the green, you might give him a little leeway on the right side, uh, but not much. But, you know, I think where it kind of hurt him was it looked like the ball kind of sat up on top of that grass, and he might have gone under it and caught it high on the face a little bit. And almost that's like kind of how was, he flubbed almost it. Almost like the lie was too good. Almost, yeah. We, I mean, we've all had a lie around the greens in the rough that's too good, and we just take the club under the ball. Yeah. It's just... I don't know. It was just tough to watch it go down like that. Again, his composure with Golf Channel was awesome, uh, but it was just it was really hard to watch after he hit that tee shot on seventeen. Him end up finishing second again, and it, it's got to kind of be starting to hurt Bo Jen. I mean, T two at, at Big Twelves, regionals, and the NCAA's. That is he might that get is tough. He might get one for the team this week though. That he could get one for the team and fellas. I mean, we've been asking for it all season. All season, we've been begging for a Bedlam National Championship. The bracket worked out the right way. <laughs> how do we feel about this afternoon's matches? We're, they'll, they'll be underway by the time this podcast gets out, but how do we feel about Oklahoma versus Arizona State and Oklahoma State versus Pepperdine? Well, uh, I, 
I'm, hopefully, I'm. It's one of the few times where I say I hope I'm wrong because in our and the the picks we tweeted out, I have OU winning and Pepperdine beating OSU. I'm unfortunately sticking with what I said, um, even though I am slightly worried about who is OU going to uh, throw out there as the five man. As of recording right now, I'm still unable to find the pairings and who they're going to throw out either Reband or Welch. Now, do they before the finals? Do they have to go with the same order? that they put the guys out in the morning? Absolutely not. No, no, because no, no. Ekro went out four earlier, and Ekro's going out two this afternoon. Okay, well, yeah. then why, like, but they don't go back and forth picking each other who they're going to play against. They don't go back and forth. They just send a list to I each think team. you just send a list. I think and, you just send a list, Until the yeah. finals. The finals, they go back and forth on Do TV. Do they on the finals? On okay. TV, yeah. It's, yeah, okay. every year it's on TV. But I think until the finals, for time purposes, they just send out the list of how they want their guys to go out. I could be wrong. Yeah, and Bojan will be in the anchor again this afternoon uh, for Oklahoma State. So you're going with, you said, OU and Pepperdine this afternoon. I hope I'm wrong, but yeah. Yeah, okay. So so here's the question. Do you think Welch or Reband wins a match this afternoon, or do you think OU gets three of the other four? I think... I think they're throwing Reband out there, and I think Reband does does get a win. If, okay. I, if I'm calling it, that's what I would think. Okay. So. Sam, what, what are your predictions for this afternoon's matches? I think originally well, you had what? Um, do you have OU's up? No, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I can't okay. find It's not posted. It's because they o- tee Oklahoma off. Oklahoma State's are, yeah. It's o- because they tee off after OSU and Pepperdine, so OSU looking and Pepperdine. At it, looking at this OSU match here, I would go with uh, Mal's Pepper, or Pepperdine's Mal over Bo Jen. Uh, I would... <laughs> You know, this stark uh, Minanti match is kind of a toss-up to me. I would go with Chikara uh, in his match. And then, uh, man, that Fiegler, he was playing good this morning. He so won 6-5. you got six one and five. one and a toss-up. Uh, you got I, Chikara and Ekro still left to go over. I know, but then, no, Chikara and then Gu- Gupta. I'm, oh, Gupta, yeah. See, you know. I mean, it's a coin flip. Man, I mean, Ekro has a really tough uh, tough match against Fiegler after how he's played uh, this tournament. You know, I, I, I'm i going to go with Ekro in that match, and then I'm going to go... I'm going to go with Gupta to win that match and Oklahoma State advances. Okay. You got Oklahoma State advancing. I, uh, I've i got OU and OSU both advancing. That's what I picked in our bracket pools. My philosophy was match play is so freaking random. I mean, you got five guys going out there to play matches. It's so random. I just, I desperately want a Bedlam National Championship. I want it so bad. I can't even, Me too. I'm not even going to be able to stand it if one of them falls this afternoon. So I'll go with OU and OSU both getting the Vicks and meeting up tomorrow at, at Greyhawk. It'll, it'll just be unbelievable. I'm in. I, I don't think we should even make picks. I think we should just root for it to happen oh we're absolutely rooting for it to happen yeah i mean that's you know sometimes you can will things into existence and i think that's what'll happen and <laughs> I, yeah. I, I want to ask you guys a, a question real fast this is just something i noticed and you know it got brought up because we were complaining about how we're watching the coverage on golf channel and we can't hardly see any of the ou match because they don't have any cameras on holes one through five out there and it led me to not even necessarily the coverage but do you have any opposition of playing a national championship match in the match play top eight portion starting on the back nine? For some reason, that just bothers me. I don't know why. Um, it, I don't know. Just logistically, I think you kind of have to because you're playing 36 in one day. So, and then you, if you have matches going to extra holes and stuff like that, it, it definitely makes it easier logistically. But I don't know. It is, it is kind of weird. And then the teams who started on the back nine today kind of got screwed on the TV coverage like OU because OU, they were showing shots on the front nine. And then after they finished 18, we didn't see OU for like an hour as those matches were going on. Yeah, I agree, T-Dub, with your point uh, because it totally changes the, 
you know, holes that you're playing down the stretch. 17, the main example, is what I got to think. Drivable par four. Yeah, that should exactly. be the 17th hole of a match, not the eighth hole of the exactly. match. Exactly, yeah. but it's also match play, so it, I don't have as big of a problem with it as I do in stroke play. Oh, because the, the guy you're playing against has to do the same yeah. thing, too. So yeah. I, I would like to see all the matches tee off on number one. I just don't know if it's feasible I, with thirty six, are they doing it this afternoon? This no, afternoon, no, 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 no. They'll, they'll do, okay. yeah, they'll do back to back. So they only do it for the thirty six. Yeah, which, which, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, maybe I understand, but at the same time, I mean, can we get far enough along in the tournament to where we all start on one? I mean, that that's the whole point of the match play portion is to set up the course for a great match, and you can't do that if you're starting on two different nights. So well, the let me reason ask you why they're going thirty six is so they don't have to compete with the PGA Tour. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're wanting to do all their TV coverage Monday through Wednesday. Let me ask you this: Would you be okay just getting less TV coverage in? general because if every team starts on number one and you've got eight teams in then that's going to be a longer span of time that golf's being played and we know that the golf channel is not going to come on any earlier so would you be okay having less overall coverage I mean, I, I mean, they're, they're, they're on from four to eight our time. I mean, are they going to have less coverage than that if we have more teams out there? I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, it, would I stay, I think it would stay the same, wouldn't I it? I mean, the coverage, it's just... And I it, just in all honesty, it'd be better because uh, the first OSU match is starting at 2.40 our time, so then it would start later. We might actually get to watch all no, the day I, I'm talking about for the morning matches. Yeah. Oh, for the morning yeah, matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. morning oh, matches, to tee everybody off on one means your tee times would be stretched over yeah. the course of a few hours, so then the teams that played early likely would only get just a few holes on TV. <laughs> it's the fix. It's not just to have, if you have a closed match like the OU Logan McAllister match, like, isn't it fixed just to have some guy go out with a camera or even a freaking iPhone like we did? It seems like it. I don't know. Le- logistically, seems so simple. It's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to get onto him too much because I understand the logistics of trying to cover 18 holes at once, but still, it was rough not seeing OU hit a shot for Tough an how, hour. Interesting how we have better coverage uh, for the Big 12s <laughs> with three iPhones. We did. We did. <laughs> the power of the 73rd hole, guys. Well, but but also, we had better coverage of the state schools because that's who we were covering. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure some Kansas State fan was like, gosh, I wish I could see my guys. So it's just one yeah. of those things. But, it's just hard I mean, to cover coming everybody. down the stretch, though. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break, come back on the other side. Let's break down the Memorial. We've got a big golf tournament on the PGA Tour uh, this week. We've got a revitalized uh, golf course at Muirfield Village, Jack's Place. So we'll break that all down for you. DraftKings, best bets, one and dones. The work's coming up on the other side. Stay with us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRayRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today.
Welcome back. Rolling along here on a national championship Tuesday. The semifinals upcoming this afternoon on Golf Channel. Just shortly after this podcast gets out, the coverage will begin for the semis. Oklahoma taking on Arizona State, the number one seed, and then Oklahoma State, the two seed, taking on the three seed Pepperdine. And we, uh, while we were at break, we got the OU pairings out. Garrett Reband will be in for the afternoon matches. So it's Patrick Welch this morning. He goes down eight and six. Reband will have a chance this afternoon. 26 over par in four rounds of stroke play. Oh, you could really use him to have a good yeah, round this afternoon. Chun on you. Good luck. <laughs> Yikes. Good luck. I mean, that's, uh, I, honestly, I, that's a good thing for Oklahoma, though, that their weakest man, because like right now they've got four guys that have been playing decent golf, and the Welch and Reband are clearly just lacking some confidence right now. So you might as well have him play Arizona State's best guy, because if you lose a point there, now your other four guys, you, you could get three of those four. Looking at this, I'm going to pick out you, but I think that Reband and Lorenz are going to get run-ruled in their matches. Really? So okay. that means it's up to Logan McAllister to beat Anderson, Brightwell to beat Pooge, and uh, Cummins to beat Sisk. Maybe I'm crazy for thinking Reband could win. Maybe I'm crazy, but I don't know. The morning off could have could have cleared him up. I, I think I think it may well have. And we mentioned OSU had cha- had changed their order up. Uh, looks like OU had done the same, not just taking um, Welch out for rebound, but also uh, Lorenz was in the five spot and uh, McAllister was in three. Quaid was in four. They bumped um, Lorenz up to three and have pushed uh, McAllister down to four. And our boy Quaid will be going out in the uh, in the final group. So hopefully um, they'll be able to <coughs> excuse me um, bring bring home uh, those last few matches because I got a feeling kind of like you said, Sam, with, with the a couple of guys there in the middle that you think that don't have a good chance. You need you need your anchors to be uh, com- coming in strong. And if they do end up, you know, pulling one through, then it's just uh, an added bonus. Well, here you talk about your moment, your momentum thing, Sam. Let's just po- let's just pose a hypothetical here. Let's say Lorenz and Johnson are coming down, um, or Reband and you are coming down and got a match, and all of a sudden you uh, Logan McAllister's out there watching you because he he just won eight and six. Mm-hmm. Does that not give you a little bit of little bit of boost knowing that you have a teammate who just kicked ass unless you're down eight and six (laughs) (laughs) right well that's what i'm you're saying they're a close match no yeah yeah exactly so that's what i'm saying if it if it's coming down to their match and he goes out there you know and they're on like the 13th hole or whatever and he comes out and walk you know i like having quaid as the anchor though i I like having a sixth year senior as the anchor uh which is the exact opposite of oklahoma state oklahoma state's got a true freshman as an anchor it is a true freshman that's finished runner up in his last three big time tournaments so he's playing some good golf he won this morning uh so we'll see what happens this afternoon i was reading a story this morning about the 1996 ncaa championships and i did not know this uh tiger shot 80 on the final day of the 1996 ncaa championships one by four Wow. Conditions kicked up that day. Golf was, was tough. Tiger shot 80 on where, the final day. Where one was by it? Four. Oh, golly. I cannot remember. I read the story this morning. I cannot remember where it was at. Yeah, we'll have T-Dub I mean, look it up. Let's go to... There was no TV. There's no pictures. There's no scorecards. <laughs> it's just people who were there that day. Everybody tells the story. Tiger shot 80 and one by four in 96. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I mean, so good. Some of those days in college golf, you can just get some brutal conditions. So, so good. And then... Uh, uh, it was at the... Uh, Honors course in Ottawa, uh, Tennessee. Okay, yep, that's right. That's what I read this morning. Uh, And then after that, I watched a replay of the 1999 Memorial, which is the tournament that we're about to preview. One thing I just want want to say here, guys. Wait, 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 one second. Let me see. if Is that the team score? uh, It's the individual score, yeah. So Tiger shot 80 in that final round, you said. He still shot minus three for the tournament. Yep. And by the way, they said uh, the story I read this morning said that a local sports writer going into the week said that if any player in the field, because the course was playing so tough, said that if any player in the field shot under 
under par for four rounds, he'd swim across the lake that's in the middle of the property. No word on whether he ever did it. I, I highly doubt he did, but he should have stuck, stuck to his guns for sure. Hey, looking through those names, uh, Justin Leonard, how high today? Oh, do you already have it pulled up? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, so let's all, all three good. guess, and then we'll go. You you brought it up, Sam. You get first guess. I'm going to say sixth. I was about to say something close. Give me seven. Seven? Because um, he won the 1997 British Open. I guess I will go uh, eight. Six, seven, eight. All right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll sandwich Taylor in there in the middle. Let's go. Man, I have a really Justin good chance at winning this. Leonard, where is... Uh, <laughs> There's literally only one possibility I have to win. <laughs> well, Taylor wins them too often. That's why I went ahead and sandwiched him in there. Am I spelling... How do you spell Justin Leonard? Am I spelling it wrong? J-U-S-T-I-N. <laughs> L-E-O-N-A-R-D. That's go, how I'm spelling it. I go, can't go find to, it. Go to, go to Wiki. He's probably not in the official World Golf Rankings anymore. He ain't played in forever. Yeah, you're right. All right. Justin Leonard... <laughs> All right. This is taking longer than it it's usually turning, does. Shame on the oh, we got yeah. to te- teach Colby how to spell Justin. <laughs> Shame, look under, J- look under J. Shame on the internet. Highest, Highest ranking. ranking May 10th, 1998. None of us had a chance because it was said first. Sixth. Sixth. There it is. Sam's a big winner. Sixth for Justin Leonard. Very nice. There were some other nice names on that leaderboard, too. Aaron Oberholzer, Pat Perez. There were some guys in that 1996 NCAAs. So then after I checked that out, I watched a replay. It was like an hour-long, basically, highlight reel that had been put together of the 1999 Memorial. And Tiger put on such a short game clinic on that final day. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, The chip shot for par on 14 was only one of the five best short game shots that he hit that day. And, you know, it just reminded me what a great great golf course Muirfield Village is and you know I'm, I'm excited to see it this week some renovations for Jack he wanted to uh, redo it in his old age now that modern technology has kind of caught up and I'm curious to see if there's any different sight lines off the tee uh, he talked about the uh, I think that they do now have the sub air system that was something that Jack talked a little bit earlier they can keep moisture in for the members then they can take it out for the pros I expect it to be playing hard and fast like Memorial usually does yeah it's pretty impressive what they've done at Muirfield Village and Jack talked about how normal Normally, he kind of lets his other guys do it, Um, and Barbara talked about this as well. Uh, When he designs a course, he kind of tells them what he kind of wants and then, you know, kind of lets it go from there with all his crew. Well, with this Muirfield Village redesign, it was pretty much all Jack Nicholas down to the inch. I love that. And so, and he said that he want, he first designed it in the 70s and wanted, you know, before he passes on to, uh, to be able to redesign Muirfield Village with uh, being able to uh, still have his vision uh, along with the new technology. Muirfield Village is one of my favorite golf courses in the world. I love so many holes out there. I love I love number 11, the par 5. I love number 14, the, the short par 4. I love number 18 coming in. I love uh, number 16 now that they put that pond there. It used to not be there. It used to just be a bunker. Phil actually has a famous shot that he holed out from that bunker that's mm-hmm. no longer there of when it was plugged. So, I mean, there's so many great holes. And that's just the, the back nine, guys. I mean, the front nine. 15, another great par 5. I love that course. And so, what, What's you, your you, favorite hole if I had to make you pick one? Probably 11. I love I love number 11. 11's a great hole. I think mine's probably 14. Short par four. I used to love 14, but 11's grown on me so much just because it's so versatile. 11, correct me if I'm wrong, 11 is the hole last year where Bryson's ball ended up about two inches under the fence. That was 15. That was 15? Yeah. Okay, that was 15. Because he was left and then he was right. Okay, and then he tried to hit three wood and he he hit it like three times. He 10 cupped it. He had to hit three three woods from over there on the left side because he kept hitting them out of bounds. Sorry, T-Dub. I didn't do my 
research on these holes before, but w- which one's the par three on the back that kind of looks like twelve at Augusta? Uh, it, it, uh, ironically, it's number twelve itself. Yeah, it's okay. right. It's right after number eleven. The and then was it's it, basically uh, a long, a long version of number twelve at Augusta. It's like two. It's like one ninety or two hundred. And then yards. It's sixteen or seventeen. I think it's sixteen where Tiger hold out the chip yep. shot. That's the yep. part yep. three. Yeah, in 2012. Yeah, the one handed finish or the. Which uh, one was the one where he did the one-handed finish? Or no, you're talking about the one where Jack Nicholas was saying, uh, you know, this is just impossible, and then he makes it. But yeah, th- yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, was, yes. that was the day he played with Ricky, who shot like 84 or something. Okay, yeah. well, I think he shot 82. Yeah, let's give our man some credit. Give a benefit of the doubt. Let's, let's not make it seem and, like he played bad. Well, also, uh, Tiger has a lot of them there, because on 14, I think it was 99, it was when 99. He, did, he flubs it. Flubs his first one. A lot of people don't remember that. And then the next one he makes for par, which yeah. I think may be the one-handed one you're talking about, yeah. and he uh, then he just cashed it for par. I mean, you know, there's a lot of ways to, to write four on the scorecard, and Tiger yeah. showed that. Yeah, so. no doubt about it. All right, the Memorial this week. It is time to dive in uh, and give you our previews here. What else you got, Taylor? Yeah, uh, so leading into the preview... Weekly game, strength of field. What you got, guys? This oh, one's good. Oh, man, the Memorial's loaded. Um, so loaded. Um, that, for me, it's a little lower than I thought it would be. I'm going to go... Uh, there, I mean, there are some guys not playing this week. I will go with 500 and 69. I'll go with 600. Man, Sam, you're on fire today. 606. All right. 606. All right. That's the first one I've ever won. That was, and you were close. <laughs> you got it within six. That's pretty impressive. Uh, so did you finish highest on the DraftKings last week? Who was it? Uh, well, I'm not definitely not for the seniors. I, don't, I have no idea who finished highest on <laughs> uh, the DraftKings last week. I Let's don't remember look. looking at the draft. Uh, that would be Taylor finished eighth. Sam finished 12th. I finished 13th. Not wait, the best wait, showing, but in our defense, we were focused on Southern Hills. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, man, I can't Yeah, I can't believe I actually won something. Uh, so, all righty. So, I will I will get us started off on DraftKings, guys. And I am starting with about as cheap as you can get. Not not quite down to 6000 but I went to 6100 I mean, and I really don't know what DraftKings is thinking here. I think this is one of the steals of the week. Kyle Stanley, 6,100. Look at some of his most recent finishes. Finished 8th last week at the Charles Schwab, 26th at Wells Fargo, 39th at the Valspar. All really difficult golf courses. Um, made the cut in the team competition. Um, finished 14th at um, at uh, TBC San Antonio right before the Masters. And at this event, guys, at Muirfield, 2013 finished 3rd, 2017 finished 6th, and finished runner-up in 2018. For 6,100, a guy who plays his course well and has been playing good, how could I pass that up? I mean, that, that just sounds unbelievable to me. So I'm, I'm going to go that. That way I can go a little top-heavy from here on out. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with a uh, guy at 6,700. I'm going m- more middle uh, middle of the pack uh, this this week, not really top-loaded. Uh, I'm going Cameron Champ, you know, because he's been playing Ooh. some, honestly, just, uh, you know, terrible golf as of late and never really played good at Muirfield. So I feel like uh, he's due. Because... I feel like he's due. <laughs> Cameron Champ absolutely stripes the ball. If he ever has a good putting to week, be, he's in the top 10. I, I was just joking about that because he played really bad at the P. GA and then uh, and then he's never really played good at Muirfield but I you know to be fair you know Augusta National is pretty similar to Muirfield just grass wise and I mean difficulty other, yeah, yeah difficulty other things and he played really well at Augusta I'll, so. I'll say this I went through a stretch last summer where I was on a Cameron Champ kick and I just couldn't stop picking him it was like five weeks in a row I kept picking Cameron Champ I don't think he was 50-50 making the cut but I kept getting suckered into Cameron Champ because he hits the ball so so good so we'll see how it plays out this week I'm gonna start at 6,500 with a guy who's 11 for 11 on made cuts this calendar year at 6,500 oh, no. just jinx yourself and, and he's been contending uh earlier in the season his finishes lately he's been making the cut and finishing toward the bottom but but still, I love the consistency of Brendan Steele 
at 6,500. I've used him a bunch this year, and I'm actually going with a very middle-loaded lineup, so I liked getting Brendan Steele at 6,500. And when I say middle-loaded lineup, I mean middle-loaded lineup. I'm going to jump up to 8,000 for my next pick after I go wow. Brendan Steele at 6,500. I've got two guys at 8,000, uh, and we might as well go orange power on the first one, boys. Finished T8 at the PGA Championship. He is coming in hot. Ricky Fowler at Muirfield wow. Village. Tough golf course. I thought about it. I he, did. He's starting to find something. He's had some good finishes here in the past. Uh, you know, he did have the disastrous Sunday round with Tiger in 2012, but he was in the penultimate pairing for a reason. It's because he had played well throughout the week, and he's played well at Muirfield Village. He likes the course. He loves Jack. So I'll take Ricky at 8K. I'm, I'm rolling the dice. So I'm going to go, uh, let's see here, with 70. I have two guys at 7,100. My first guy at 7,100 is Taylor Gooch. And the reason why I'm picking him is because the value is so good uh, at 7,100. If you guys remember, they played two straight tournaments at Muirfield last year, uh, and he played six rounds. He and then so of those six rounds, he had five rounds uh, that were positive strokes gained more than a shot, uh, and one round where he played a round where he lost more than three and a half shots, but then actually came back even in the one that he missed the cut in uh, and shot a nice little uh, 69, I think. I can't remember. Does it say there, did he miss the cut in the work day or in the memorial? He missed the cut in the memorial. Okay, it doesn't matter. Same golf course, but back-to-back weeks. What was it? uh, Morikawa won the memorial. No, vice versa. Rom won the memorial. Morikawa won the work day. Yeah, right. but the Morikawa was the uh, playoff against JT, yeah. which was fun. And then um, the Memorial was the one where Rom, rightfully so, got stroke two strokes because his ball moved uh, less than the size of an ant on top of his ball in the 16th <laughs> it, hole. It, os- it oscillated one dimple. It was the most disgraceful thing I've seen from a golf ruling besides what's going on with Patrick Fortunately, Reed. it didn't impact the... the- outcome of the tournament no. or we'd still be talking about it today of course and so i'll, I'll just keep moving on with a little bit T- of po- one more thing on tg i'm sorry i was just going to bring up his recent form uh at, at the pga and and uh, and at the charles schwab i mean obviously last week finished tied for 14 oh so. yeah i mean i mean this it's a ball strikers golf course so i i really do i, I think tg has a good week and you know you know like we always talk about the breakthrough wins coming and this would be a, a great place for him to do that you never know he has a chance and if he could do it in a strength of field like this that would be perfect for him so i'll go next guys i got two back-to-back picks colby you said you had two guys at eight thousand, so I'm, you'll probably have the other one here um but my pick right before him is at 7500 guy been playing really really well as of late that's kevin strillman over the last three tournaments uh finished 20th last week charles Schwab finished eighth at the uh, pga championship he was man he was kind of up there for a little bit in the top four with louis kepkin phil for a while kind of he, fell he got off. within a shot of the lead early in the round though he, he, he was playing good finished uh 26 that quo hollow another tough tough course but this is the main reason I like him, guys. At the mid-value, 7,000, but playing well. But listen to this. Uh, as we mentioned, they had two tournaments here uh, last year. So out of the one, two, three, out of the seven tournaments here at Muirfield Village since 2015, he has made the cut in every single one of them, and five of them have been inside the top 20. Pretty so, decent. So a horse for course. I'm going to ride with that. And then I'm going to do kind of the same thing. A guy who's been playing well and really plays has been playing this course Pretty well, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kobe. You probably got him. That's Keegan Bradley. Oh, I, def- I definitely have him, and I I'll be shocked if he's not like 50 percent ownership in in our pool this So I'll, I'll just I'll just read off these recent finishes: 17th of the PGA, 18th, uh, second, finished fourth in the team competition uh, in uh, Louisiana, 23rd, 30th, 29th, 10th. Um, so he's just been gaining momentum, and at this course, guys, since 2013, um, has played here was at nine times and has made the cut in seven of them. So likes the course, and I'm I'm going on three instances here guys.
guys of guys who are playing well and like this course. So, I mean, this sounds like a recipe for success, and now I can build with some top-heavy guys. All right. Well, then I'm going to stick with 7,100. Uh, I'm going Matt Jones today. Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Matt, no, you said you were between him and Doug Gim. Does that mean you did not include Doug Gim in your roster? I didn't put Doug Gim in this I week because that. I looked at uh, I, I like looked the at the Doug stats music. here. I know, but I looked at the stats, and since 2015, he's played 15 rounds positive strokes gain at Muirfield Village, which is pretty like impressive. Uh, and then he shot a 68 positive 5.26 shot strokes gain at the PGA in round four. Uh, so some good current form. And, and then, you know, I, I really think that Matt Jones is going to have a great week this week. So 7,100 was way too low on DraftKings, in my opinion. I feel like I got a steal there. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, I was refreshing the leaderboard up here. Uh, Amon Gupta, one down through one. The first match is underway in the afternoon session. Back to our DraftKings lineups. Taylor, you mentioned it. Keegan Bradley, 8,000. Uh, top five this season on the PGA Tour strokes gain tee to green. Because he can't putt, people really, I mean, he's not getting enough credit for how well he's hitting the ball. Uh, top five in strokes gain tee to green, not easy to do. So I'll take him at 8,000. And then I'm taking a guy who had a major championship hangover, and I think that that is more than over. He's been playing some good golf here lately. And that is, gentlemen, I can say this for like another six weeks, the reigning open champion, Shane Lowry at 8,400. Wow. It so weird to still be calling him the reigning open champion. But every time I say his name between now and <laughs> the third week of July, I'm going to call him that. So I'll take Lowry at 84. Finished fourth at the PGA. So, I mean, his, like you said, he's been playing well, finished uh, ninth at the Heritage, finished eighth at the Players' Championship, and hasn't missed a cut going all the way back to the Arnold Palmer. So, I mean, That's like you said, he's, he's been in really stuff. good form. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, 8,600 from 7,100. Pretty big jump there. I'm going Cam Smith at 8,600. You love some Cam Smith. Well, 13 of 14 cuts this year, five top tens. How could you not love the guy? Uh, Great current form. you know, 77 in the final round of the PGA doesn't really bother me uh, because before that, he was playing some awesome golf, uh, even at the PGA. RBC obviously had a great week, uh, shot, you know, a 62 at the RBC uh, in round one. Uh, but Cam Smith at 8,600, uh, I love, love, love me some Cam Smith this week, even though, uh, you know, he's never really played well at Muirfield Village, but I feel like his current form is so good that it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that that's the reason, because I, I, I was just kind of messing with you, Sam. I, I love Cam Smith. He's been playing some really good golf, but look at, the, look at the form at Muirfield. He's played here five times, only made the cut twice with his best finish being 65th. So, I mean, that's that's the reason why I'm, I'm staying away. I just think there's a little bit of other better value that you could get kind of around that mark go ahead Sam. let me ask you this how much do you think the re- redesign is gonna uh affect current i mean uh former uh, like course history yeah course history well i think it, it it's kind of similar to southern in the sense of it probably wasn't a renovation as much as it was kind of a restoration or maybe kind of along those lines and we saw last week retief goosen who has played well so well there played pretty well there so i think that mm-hmm. if you know the course and and I don't think they're going to change. Even if they change one or two holes, they're not. They didn't change all eighteen of them, you know. So I don't. I think that if you've had, it it, it won't have as much impact. Um, it, it, or, won't, it won't fundamentally change the layout of the course. Correct. And, but at the same time, to to Sam's point, it may not. The people who have played well in the past, there may be one or two of them who don't like the changes, and then all of a sudden have a bad week. Um, but I'll I'll move on, guys. We we mentioned him um, in one of our last shows when we brought up the strokes gained over the last six months, and we were all kind of shocked he was in there. But it's Mr. Skill himself, 8,700. Give me Matty Fitz. I mean, the only time he's missed the cut since, I mean, Lord knows when. I'm trying to scroll back here. 
um, was at the uh, the Byron Nelson, which was the week before PJ Championship. And, uh, I mean, he's just, uh, like we mentioned with the strokes gain, he's been playing so well. And then at this course, guys, played here three times, made the cut all three, 68-2019th, um, not particularly well. But at the two events here last year, finished 27th at the Workday and third at the Memorial. So, Matty Fitz, with, with that game, I really like it. And then, guys, for this player to be my second cheapest option is one of the amazing one of the main reasons I really love my lineup. I don't think he's going to win because I think he's currently in that form of to where he just he just doesn't have it. But it's Xander Shoffley. I mean, he's played here four times, three times. Uh, the last three times he's played here, he's made the cut, and they've all been inside the top 14. And besides his missed um, his missed cut at the PGA a couple weeks ago, um, since the players had not had 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 four straight finishes, um, or I'm sorry, that was the match play had three had three straight finishes inside the top 14. So he was on a little bit of form. A lot of times, Kiowa can just not suit your eye, but um, Muirfield definitely suits Xander's eye. And for him to be my second most expensive player this week means I really like my lineup. Well, I'm going to go with 9,900 Victor Hovland, probably the hottest guy on tour as of late, uh, who hasn't uh, been in the winner's circle as of late. You know, looking at his stats, I mean, since the beginning of 2021, I mean, he's the most consistent guy on tour, in my opinion. And if we go back to Muirfield last year when they had that eight-round stretch, he shot a pair of 66s, a 67, uh, and then faded on the weekend at the Memorial, but at the workday. At the workday, though, he was very much in contention contention. with JT and Morikawa, and then he rinsed his tee shot on 14, and that's kind of what took him out of it. Yeah, and and that's going to be my winner of the tournament this week. I'm picking Victor Again, I picked him at the PGA. I love it. He kind of, you know, faded a little bit, but still played well. I mean, I'm going to keep picking Victor until he wins because yeah. eventually I'm going to be right. I love it. He's playing great golf, and, and I mean, he just he just continues to be so consistent. Uh, my next two, I'm just picking re- reigning major champions today, boys. Give me a Deki Matsuyama, who's had good success uh, over his career at Memorial. He got a win here back in 2014. He's got uh, two more top 10s, a top 15, a top 25 here. Only two missed cuts here in the, his eight appearances. And he's playing pretty well. I mean, even coming off the Masters win, you think there's going to be this big Masters hangover? 39th at the Byron Nelson in his next start, and then 23rd at the PGA. I did see that he flew private to uh, to Muirfield Village this week. He was not waiting in line to get on his uh, American Airlines flight or whatever it was that he took after the Masters. So he'll be well-rested and ready to go this week at Muirfield. And then with my final pick, I'm taking a guy who is totally off form, but over the last half decade, his stats at Muirfield Village are better than anyone else's in the field. More strokes gained, uh, more greens in regulation, lower score to par, more total birdies. He lights this course up. He just hadn't played very well the last two months. It's Patrick Cantlay. I'm, yeah. I'm going to risk it because he, he plays so, so well here. He got a big breakthrough win here in 19, finished fourth in 18, seventh in 2020 uh, at the workday, and then 32nd last year at the Memorial. So I, I'm betting that this week is the slump buster for Patrick Cantlay. Uh, I think he's a top five, top ten with the potential to sneak up and win. He did finish 23rd at the PGA Championship in his most recent start, so I'll, I'll run with Cantlay this week uh, in hopes that a lot of other people will stay away from him because of his recent form. Yeah, I I like that too. I'm gonna go with another guy who has great course history here, uh, Colin Morikawa. I don't see how you can't take him at ten thousand four hundred. Uh, a little cheaper than the other guys at the top. Uh, Thirteen of fifteen cuts, five top tens, and this year since the beginning of 2021 has seven rounds 
uh, more than five shots strokes gained on the field. That's really impressive. And then when he doesn't light it up like he did in those rounds, he's still not ever really uh, losing shots on the field. And obviously last year had the 65, a 66. He had a 66 and a 70. And then, you know, his bad round was 76 at, at the first round of the Memorial, but then he even brought that back after that and made the cut. Uh, so I really, really like uh, Morikawa this week. If I didn't pick Victor Hovland, I would have to pick uh, Morikawa. My question, guys, is is that what is it like to go back to a course that you won at the year before and not be the defending champ? Because that's what Morikawa <laughs> That's was. weird. That is and weird. it's not the same course. Technically, it's not. But, <laughs> but you know, the defending champ, you know, will all, has all kinds of obligations they have to do and all all that different stuff. So you go back to a course that you had success on the year before, but yet you don't have to do any of that stuff. So I think that that's kind of cool. And the reason I brought that up because I'm saving time because you already mentioned it, Sam. He was number two behind Spieth on the last six months on, on strokes gained. Victor Hovland, 9,900. I, I love him. I think that he finished third and, like you mentioned, Colby at the work day, and then he made the cut the next week after, even after a little bit of a kind of whatever you would call a hangover in a sense because he was in contention a lot of people forget how close he was to JT and Morikawa and then just kind of fizzled towards the end but ended up making the cut so and this is a like we said a ball striker and driving golf course so I love Victor Hovland and I really do love my lineup this week so I I think that like you said Sam I think this may be a good week that Vic ends up getting that that win that he's been looking for besides the Puerto Rico yeah and this uh, well you got Mayakoba as well so he can become the fourth multi-time winner this season the first one I think some people might have guessed with Bryson DeChambeau Stuart Sink and Jason Kokra if you had those guys on your bingo card for multiple time uh, tour winners, uh, we need to have a word. I need to get some picks from you uh, because if you have Stuart Sink and Jason Kokrak winning tr- twice this year, uh, you're just about a wizard. Why don't I, we just... I guess I should say Hovland's first win in the States is what I should say. You're right. He has yep. never won in the States. Absolutely. Uh, that's a pretty seamless transition to one and done. I've been saving Victor Hovland, waiting for just the right time to use him, and I think this week is it. I think that he's going to be right up there all week long. He had the great first round at the PGA and then kind of faded a couple weeks off, get himself rested, get his mind right for Memorial. Played great here last year in the workday, and then at the Memorial, he just, again, he was he was hungover from the week before, uh, being so close, and then rinsing it on 14, so I love, 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 love Hovland's chances this week. That's who I'll run out in the one and done. You know, guys, I've I've, I've loved this man ever, really ever since we started the podcast. I pick him all the time. Don't think I ever picked him in the one and done last year, and, you know, I ride on gut feelings with him, and I got a really good feeling about him this week. Finished 22nd in this event last year, and also, guys, he had a 78 in the third round. The other three of the four rounds he gained, first round he gained like 2.34, and then the other two rounds he gained more than four strokes on the field. That's our man C. Bizzle. Give me Christian Bazaden. Oh, he finally rolls him out. Finally. I'm, I'm going slight contrarian in a big tournament because I think this is the week that, that C. Bizzle gets it done. And also, too, you know, we got a handful of tournaments left, guys. Some of the biggest tournaments will be at the end in the FedEx Cup playoffs. And as far as I know, Bazayton Hoot is not a PJ Tour member, so he will not be eligible for those events. So I might as well go ahead and get a great player out um, while I'm still able to. That's smart. There's two guys that I absolutely love this week uh, that I haven't used in the one and done. I'm picking Victor Hovland, but Hideki Matsuyama and Colin Morikawa are two guys that I think are going to have big, big weeks this week. And, and let me throw out, I, I I have already used all three of those guys this year, so I, def, I I would love all of those picks. I think they all three have really I, good weeks. And I'm thinking, you know, my thinking is there's not that too many big tournaments left. Like, I don't necessarily think I'll pick Morikawa at Tory or the British, and I, I don't think I would pick Hideki uh, at the British for sure. And 
you know, I, I like other guys for Tory. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, Colby. We need the cards. We've got the cards. I, I'm get, I'm gonna make uh, Hideki the red cards and Morikawa the black cards, and we're gonna let it ride. Just All right, pick a card, any card. Let's see. Hideki's red. Morikawa's black. Spades, clubs, diamonds, hearts. What we got? We're going Hideki. Red card. Hideki Matsuyama. I got him in my DraftKings, so I like that. I like that. I'm kind of a win-win here. You've got Hovland in your DraftKings, and I took yep. him in one and done. And then I've got Hideki in my DraftKings, and you took him in one and done. So yep. we've got uh, a good dispersion there. Uh, Sam, what you got for best bets this week? My best bets this week, I like Cam Smith. Uh, if you're going to take a shot in the dark at uh, at someone winning this tournament, I like plus 4,000. Four, uh, 4, uh, tournament matchups, I really like Matt Jones plus 112 over uh, Cameron Tringali. Uh, you know, with Matt Jones' is, uh, uh prior history on uh, Muirfield Village. Uh, I like Victor Hovland. I like Morikawa. Uh, if you want to throw someone out there to win the tournament, I like Hideki as well. Um, you know, this week is pretty wide open, though, because there's so many good players. Uh, we A lot of guys we didn't even mention because we were doing DraftKings uh, and uh, one-and-dones, you know, that we – We've obviously skipped over a few guys uh, that could that are going to have a good week this week. The betting favorite is obviously John Rahm. Uh, you know, five point seven percent chance to win the tournament. Morikawa's up there as well. Um, golly, uh, it's a great. Pardon Col- me, it's a great field. Colby, a bunch of guys can win this week. Colby, switch it. I'm going Morikawa one and done. Switch. It. You're betraying the cards. I'm betraying the cards. You're gonna, wow, dude. Yeah, the card I, gods are going to come down on you so hard. Oh, the card gods are going to come down so hard. This is a bad give, decision. Give me Morikawa. All right. All I'm right. going against the seven of hearts. You talked yourself into it. The seven of hearts. This poor card right here. I'm holding it up. If we were on air, you could see us right now. Seven of hearts. I might as well just throw it. I'm just throwing it. It's gone. It's no longer part of the deck. <laughs> the 51 the, card deck. Now. I can't have that cursed card in my deck. You kidding me? The seven of hearts. I mean, it might not be cursed. It might be Hideki. Maybe, maybe. I'm saying now it's cursed now because you went away from it. Yeah. You went away from it. What a slap in the face of the seven hearts, man. Hey. It, I do like more Kyle, though. Maybe I should go with the cards. The cards have been nice to me this week. No, All right, just, I, Sam I'm will gonna, probably text Wednesday night and whatever, say, switch you back more. Switch you back to deck. <laughs> I'm going Morikawa. All right, Morikawa. I like it. Final one and done. answer. Final, Final answer. answer. Okay. Morikawa, 4.6% chance to win the tournament. Hits that nice little baby fade. What Jack Nicholas designs the course for. There's no chance uh, that either Victor Hovland or Colin Morikawa don't win this tournament. Oh, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I feel you on that. Here's a guy that we hadn't talked about, guys. Has not, once again, keep bringing him. Has not, I can't tell you last time this guy missed a cut. And he's a young guy, hits a fade. What about Joaquin Neiman? Joaquin Neiman was very much on my radar this week. As a matter of fact, uh, I went in and I had it narrowed down to Hovland and Neiman for my one and done because those are both names that I have available. I just liked Hovland more this week. Hey, when I pulled up those names, I just wanted to mention a couple more guys. You got uh, Xander Shoffley, who plays this course really well, uh, and then Jordan Spieth coming off a great week last week, even though he didn't get it done. Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, Rory, uh, Patrick Reed. Uh, I thought about picking Reed. You know, there's a bunch of bunch of good players in this tournament. I, I did not think about picking Reed, just for well, the record. Uh, here, here, I, <laughs> thought, I just want that to be stated. Here, here's another guy, uh, you know, guys, since, 20, since 2011 has played here every year and only missed the cut twice and has made the cut in uh, five of his last six tournaments. What about Gary Woodland? He's been playing some good golf. He has been playing and, and good golf. And he plays golf. the fade. He, he does. Play. He only wins when I'm there, though. He hasn't won since the 2019 U.S. Open. Well, then you better fly up to Muirfield. So I he... don't have a flight book, so I don't like his chances. Yeah, here, here, <laughs> last one I'll say, Colby. 
your close personal friend, Matt Wallace. Oh, Ma- my close a, personal friend, Making Matt a lot of cuts, finished 39th and 4th last year at the Workday and Memorial, and that was kind of when he was kind of coming out of his slump that yeah. he was in. So you know I, who we keep sleeping on? Who are we sleeping on? Louis Oosthuizen. Louis. I, I had, I had Louis in my DraftKings, and then I had to make a last-minute change. Sometimes I, I, it he's, happens. He's playing good golf, man. He really Finau. is. Finau's another guy Finau's we're sleeping another on guy. a little bit. Um, Louis has three straight top eights going back to the uh, when he rinsed it in the Zurich in the team wow. competition. Yeah. yeah, and has has made the cut here um, for uh, his last four times here. His best finish only being 13th. Last three times, best, fin- best finish is 54th. So it makes the cut, but not particularly well. But yeah, I think Louis can have a, a great week as well. Yeah, so I like it. It's going to be a great uh, tournament. I mean, it's just a great week of golf. It just doesn't let up. Last week, we were at Southern Hills. This week, we have the NCAA National Championships. We've got the Memorial. U.S. Women's Open is an Olympic club. The, the images are coming out of the Olympic club this week i mean that golf course is so unbelievable the 18th hole there it's a short par four but the fairway is about wall to wall in this room we're at which is about a 10 by 15 room it is so so narrow uh and i'm really looking forward to it this week i i'm almost rooting for sean sean fang to win because she's the one who withdrew from the <laughs> consolation match yeah. so that she can turn around and just throw up the bird to all the people at the match play who wanted her to play an 18 18 extra holes for no reason one of the best amphitheaters in golf there it is right there Oh, uh, so on the good. TV. That's such a great finish. Look how narrow that fairway it is. Does, number 18 it, Olympic, it looks like a way. hallway. Just absolutely beautiful hole. Um, God, what a golf hole. That green looks like about the size of a nickel, too. Yeah. Just, I mean, just, just a beautiful golf hole. And, you know, um, oh, by the way, boys, Austin Eckrow, one up through one. Saw that. He made birdie on one. Gupta bogeyed one. Uh, Eckrow birdied one. So one and one right now with Pepperdine. Uh, who won the last major championship contested at Olympic Club? Top of your heads, go. Jimmy Webb Walker. Simpson. Or what? Yeah, yeah, it was God. Webb Simpson. Where was Jimmy? Uh, uh, Jimmy Baltus was Baltus Straw. Ah, that's right. That's right. Who finished second to him? Uh, I top of my head, I don't know. Keegan August, Bradley? August he, Spieth. Jason Day, Eagle 18. Oh, Jason, Jason Day. Day. How about that? Yeah, how about that? Yeah, Webb here in uh, 2011. 2012. 2012 was pretty intense because Tiger was in contention earlier in the week, and then he kind of faded up. I'm pretty sure that's when Tiger had the Saturday woes. Exactly. Yeah, Tiger played 36 Mm -hmm. good holes and then came out Saturday, and it was just a huge, huge letdown, and Webb kind of snuck in for the Vic. But it's just a great golf course, so I'm looking forward to that. Also, the Corda sisters are paired the first two days. I keep wondering, like, when are we going to get the Corda sisters paired the first couple rounds at a major? USGA did it this week, so I like that. Uh, TV coverage is on Peacock and NBC all week for the U.S. Women's Open, so so so, so much good golf to consume. And another great thing in the world golf is the Corn Ferry Tour, which will have five new members uh, next week, the PGA Tour U. But this week, we've got some locals on the Corn Ferry Tour uh, continuing to fight for that top 25 status. Taylor, who's playing this week and where are we at? Yeah, yeah, we got majority of the guys. Your man Taylor Moore, friend of the show out there. Uh, Max McGreevy's playing, Charlie Saxon, Josh Creel. Um, Tyrone Aswigan, um, Kevin Doherty, some some of the other names out there. So, I mean, just another great field and something to be on the watch out for, guys, because I'm trying to figure out exactly where. I do believe, I don't know if it's, yep, I can tell by the purse sizes. Yep, the, the last tournament for the point system will be August 12th through the 15th. That's the Pinnacle Bank Championship. So, we've got about one, two, three, what is that? I mean, roughly eight tournaments left before we decide um, who's in that top 25. And we got our man Taylor Morris in a 20. 24. We got our um, OSU boy Peter Ulines at like around 27 or so. So, you know, there's a lot at stake coming up in these next couple of weeks, guys, on, on the Corn Ferry. So I hope that uh, all those guys are able to 
end up finishing the year strong, and uh, I do believe that they will. So. Yeah, absolutely. So we are uh, wrapping things up today. The coverage is just about to come on Golf Channel for the match play. Hole number one has not been halved yet in any match between Oklahoma State and Pepperdine. Three matches in. Eugenio Lopez, Takara makes double on number one and loses that hole. Uh, and that's where match play is kind of convenient because the other guy made par, but you only lose one hole. Step up and get after it. So uh, Oklahoma State, it's it's 2-1 right now. Pepperdine, two matches still haven't teed off. Very, very early. So, so much golf to be played in the desert. Here's our plan. Number one, everyone needs to go follow us at the 73rd hole on Twitter. If you're not doing that, you're missing out on a ton of content as these tournaments are being played. Follow 73rd hole on Instagram as well. And then our plan is... If OU or OSU make it to the national championship, then tomorrow night we're going to get together and record as soon as it concludes. If both schools lose today, uh, then we're not going to get together tomorrow night to let you know who wins between Arizona State and Pepperdine. You can golf stat that. We're, we, if OU and OSU lose, we're out. Uh, but if even one of them makes it, we'll be on tomorrow night. If both of them make it, we'll definitely be on tomorrow night. And again, follow us on Twitter at the 73rd hole, Instagram 73rd hole. It's going to be intense this afternoon, boys. I'm, I'm already on the edge of my seat, and we're only three holes into the entire afternoon session. So it's going to be a long five or six hours. Okay, gonna... And let's turn on the golf channel right now. Oh, wait, we can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm going to bring the pizza tomorrow. We'll watch that final match of the Bedlam National Championship. And then we can make more pizza bets. Yeah. Because we'll be squared up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You only owe one pizza now, Sam? I owe two. Two pizzas. Two oh, pizzas. Oh, okay. But if he provides pizza for the viewing, then that covers yeah. the two pizzas. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. All right. Win, 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 as Michael Scott would say. Uh, good show, boys. Uh, good stuff from everybody. Again, follow us. Social media, 73rd Hole. Search for us. We will be back, hopefully, tomorrow night. Oh, you know us. You need to get it done this afternoon. Thanks for listening once again to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. <laughs>